Well, friends, our scripture reading this morning is taken from 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning with verse 16. And uh, there are a few Bibles in front of you. It's also going to be projected on the screen. And we are an electronics-friendly congregation. So if you want to pull this up on your phone or tablet, you can do that. And when I say electronics-friendly, that's not giving all the children permission to play games and ignore me. Uh, This is just adults. Uh, So you can pull up the scripture verse, you can tweet something that's inspiring to you, you can check it on Facebook. Uh, It's okay to have your phones out here. And I'm going to be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, which, in my opinion, is one of the best uh, translations of the Bible. So hear the word of the Lord. All scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, as many of you already know by now, we are in the middle of a new series about discipleship. It's called More Life as Jesus Intended. And the main idea is very simple. If we want to mature in our faith and become more like Jesus, then we must adopt a peculiar way of life structured by certain daily practices. And so far, we have introduced the practice of radical hospitality, which leads to deep Christian friendship, the practice of daily worship, not just on Sunday morning, but finding ways to worship throughout our day, and the practice of connecting with God through various things that we already do in our mundane routines. And this Sunday, I want to dive a little bit deeper into the importance of reading Scripture for our spiritual transformation. Now, as you read in 2 Timothy chapter 3 this morning, All scripture is inspired by God. Another translation says it's God breathed. And it's useful for teaching, correcting, and training in righteousness. In other words, the Bible, which for Christians includes the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Bible is a means of grace or a conduit of God's presence and power. So when we read the Bible with a sincere desire to connect with God, the Holy Spirit opens our eyes and opens our ears to hear God speaking to us. And in this way, we awaken to the presence of God all around us and encounter Jesus, the risen Christ. And as we encounter Jesus day after day and develop deep, loving relationship with him, he does for us what he did for his followers 2,000 years ago. He meets us where we are and loves us unconditionally. He teaches, heals, forgives, guides, empowers, and encourages, corrects, redeems and restores us so that we can experience love, peace, and joy, so that we can experience the fullness of life as God intends. And through all of this, Jesus reveals the will of God 
and gives us the power to carry that out, which is the catalyst for the deep transformation that we so desperately seek. So God gives us the Bible and promises to meet us through it, making all of these good gifts possible. Now, this is a real question, and you can raise your hand. How many of you already knew this? If you've been coming to church for a while, you better raise your hand. How do you guys already knew this? I mean, maybe you would say it differently, but you already know that God speaks to us through Scripture. And I figured that most of you already knew that because you've heard my pitch before. (laughs) Some of you have heard my pitch several times. So the last thing that you need is another sermon on the benefits of reading the Bible. And I'm not going to do that this morning. Rather, I want to help you think through some of the obstacles that you face in reading the Bible on a regular basis. And part of this sermon is going to be interactive. So I want you to take out that Lexio Divina sheet, flip it over. There's a section that says sermon notes. Grab the pencil in front of you or the pen out of your purse or the front pocket because there's going to be uh, some real engagement here. So I want to start with a question, and I want you to be really honest, remembering that you are in church, you are in the house of the Lord, so this is the last place you want to tell a fib, right? To be honest, how many of you can honestly say that you read the Bible every single day? Raise your hand. Okay, there's a couple. Leave your hands up. Read the Bible every single day. Leave your hands up. Okay. Now, how many of you guys maybe read it five or six times a week consistently? If you raised your hand before, keep it up, because I want to see, I want to get a survey of everything, okay? Now, how about those of you that read consistently now, two or three times a week, raise your hand. Some of you guys are doing better than your pastor, right? Now, if you raise your hand, you can put it down. Now, I want to ask, if you only read the Bible when I read it to you on Sunday morning, raise your hand. All right, there's a few out there. Okay, right. Now, if we can get really honest about our level of commitment— and how often that we read the Bible. And I'm not talking about how often I used to read it. Like we've all gone through seasons, maybe a week or two, we read it every single day, but then fall. I'm talking about like getting honest about our level of commitment. Then we are ready to hear a second question. If you know that God promises to meet us in scripture and to give us good things like healing, wisdom, strength, and hope, then why don't you read it more often? If you are already reading the Bible every day, you can use our time together this morning to think about ways that you might go deeper. But I want to begin with those who struggle, as I sometimes do, to read the Bible every day. What is standing in your way? And again, this is what I want to focus on this morning, and I want to give you just a couple of minutes to think about this. And so I'm going to pause and set a timer for just a minute or two, and I want you to ponder what are the obstacles, even if you read every day, I'm sure you've gone through seasons where you've fallen off and had to get back on the horse, right? What are the obstacles that keep getting in your way? And as those come to mind, I want you to write those down somewhere uh, on your bulletin or Lexio Divina sheet because we're going to come back to them 
at the end of the message. And if you don't write them down, uh, you're going to have to have a good memory for that part to be meaningful. So please take a couple of minutes to do that. And I want to invite even those who are watching online, ponder and write down some of the obstacles that get in your way. Okay. Now, I want you to select just one of those obstacles and in 15 seconds or less, I want to share that. I want you to share that with someone who's sitting close to you, preferably someone that you didn't come to church with this morning. So literally 15 seconds or less, and then I'm going to get you back together. It's going to be like herding cats, but we're going to do it, okay? 15 seconds or less, share with one person one obstacle. Go ahead and do that. Okay. Have you come back together now? That, this is fun, isn't it? Every once in a while, it breaks up the monotony of a long sermon by just talking to each other, right? I know my sermons are never boring, but anyway, um, I, I wanted to do this little exercise before I shared, based on my own experience and what I've heard parishioners saying for years, what some of the common obstacles are in reading the Bible. And I suspect that some of these are on your list. And I'm going to be really honest. There's a couple that you might be thinking, really, Mark, you said that in church? But we're just going to get really honest about the obstacles. The number one thing that people say to me is I don't have time. My life is busy, I'm constantly on the go, and I just don't have time to read my Bible every day. The second is, I don't know where to start, right? Knowing that the Bible is not a single author book, but a library of books written by different people over the course of hundreds of years, when I think about reading this library, I just don't know where to start. Others say, I don't read my Bible because it's hard to understand when I'm reading. Have you struggled with this? Not only is the Bible a library of books, but it is a library of ancient books that portray the world in vastly different ways than the one that most of us live in. So whether they were nomadic people during the time of Abraham or city folks living under the thumb of the Roman Empire, their language, culture, history, economics, politics. Indeed, their entire worldview is radically different than most people living in the 21st century. And this makes parts of the Bible difficult to understand. Now, if we're really honest, we would also say that the Bible is often boring and sometimes even offensive. Right? While some parts of the Bible are insightful and inspirational, usually the ones that I pull out to preach on Sunday morning, right? they are often buried in a sea of boring and irrelevant text that's hard to connect with. Furthermore, some parts are offensive, like when God commands the Israelites to kill every man, woman, child, and animal and burn the fields when conquering the Holy Land or the religious practice of sacrificing animals, which is described in great detail in the book of Leviticus, or condoning things, what appears to be condoning things like slavery and patriarchy. Another reason is that some people don't read the Bible because they're scared they're gonna get it wrong, right? The church often stresses the importance of interpreting the Bible the right way, whatever that means, and we just don't want to get it wrong. In fact, getting it wrong might lead God to be displeased with us and lead to divine punishment. So we feel safer just leaving it to the experts. And then finally, and this is a big one, and I struggled with this for a while until I reached my early 20s, some people just don't like to read. 
If you don't like to read, raise your hand. I mean, there's a lot of people, they just don't like to read. Some don't enjoy reading and avoid it at all costs, and others don't mind reading so much, but because they read so much for their job, the last thing they wanna do when they get home is read more in the Bible. And so I'm wondering if any of these things, even one were on your list, raise your hand. Okay, several, okay. The point is, my friends, that you should know where the obstacles are in your life. Because once you identify them, then you can find ways to overcome them or to remove them. In fact, removing these obstacles may be easier than you might think, especially given all of the resources and new technologies that are available to us today. So for the remainder of this message, I just want to share a variety of resources that may help you to overcome the obstacles that you face in reading the Bible. I want to say in advance, not all of them are going to be helpful, and that's okay, because we're all in different places on the disciples' path, and we face different obstacles. The idea is to listen and choose one or two of these resources that can help you remove the obstacles and then give it a try. And so there's gotta be action after this message this morning. So as I share ideas, I want you to look at the list of obstacles that you wrote down earlier, and I want you to ask yourself the question, would one of these tools help me overcome some of these obstacles, okay? So here's the first one, and it's gonna be projected on the screen here. Not yet, I'm sorry, back up, Luciana. Number one, a good study Bible. Everybody needs a good study Bible that is informed by the best of modern scholarship. This is the single best investment that you can make as a disciple of Jesus. Since the biblical world is often strange to modern people, making parts of it difficult to understand, most of us need help, and not just any help, but help from people who were truly experts in biblical studies. These experts are men and women who have excellent academic training. They read Hebrew and Greek. They understand the culture, economy, politics, and religious practices of the ancient world, and they dedicate their entire lives to studying and teaching the Bible. And a good study Bible We'll have, the, we'll have contributions from these experts, and it will provide you with introductions, explanatory notes, and helps in the back that, again, are written by experts and informed by the best in contemporary biblical scholarship. It's important to keep in mind that not all study Bibles meet this criteria, and this comes as a surprise to many people. Some study Bibles claim to be written by experts, but instead of working with the contemporary scholarship, they parrot pre-modern traditions in ways that justify their own religious or denominational ideology. Consequently, rather than helping you to understand the Bible, they can actually lead you astray. So be careful when choosing a study Bible. And the best way to find a good one is to ask your pastor for a recommendation or someone who has formal training in biblical studies from a reputable seminary, and they can point you in the right direction. 
My personal favorite, which now will be projected on the screen, is the New Interpreter Study Bible. I also recommend the Harper Collins Study Bible and the Jewish Study Bible, which focuses on the Old Testament from a Jewish perspective. Again, if you have not invested in a good study Bible, this is the first thing that you should do to overcome obstacles related to understanding. It'll really illuminate a lot of things. The second thing that may be helpful is an introduction to the Bible. Again, because the Bible is a library of books, it's easy to lose the overarching story of God's love that unites all of the different books. It is also hard to navigate the conflicting voices regarding the status of the Bible itself. For example, what do we mean when we say that the Bible is inspired? What do we mean when we say the Bible is the Word of God? And different churches will answer this question in different ways. To whom do we listen? Furthermore, like all books, the Bible must be interpreted and applied to contemporary life. How do we do this faithfully? Again, there's a cacophony of conflicting voices that try to answer that question. And finally, we must be really honest about the fact that everything we came to believe before we ever started engaging the Bible seriously as an adult, everything that we came to believe about the Bible before we really began to read it seriously deeply affects how we interpret it. Do these preconceived ideas help or hinder our understanding of what the original authors were trying to say? And so considering these kinds of questions, some people find it helpful <clears throat> to get an accessible introduction to the Bible. <clears throat> My personal favorite is written by a United Methodist pastor named Adam Hamilton, titled Making Sense of the Bible. I have taught this book a few times here at the church, and I would be willing to lead another class if there is enough interest. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that you must read an introduction to the Bible before you can benefit from reading the Bible itself. That's silly. Rather, what I'm trying to say is that for a lot of different reasons, some people find these books helpful. The third thing that can help you overcome obstacles in reading the Bible is a good devotional guide. Right? If you don't know where to start or you're having trouble understanding and applying the Bible to your everyday life, a devotional guide might be helpful. And if you are new to the faith or have never really committed to reading the Bible on a daily basis, a baby step in the right direction might be a short daily devotional. Examples of this are the Daily Bread, the Upper Room, or the popular book by Sarah Young, Jesus Calling. We provide some of these resources on our resource cabinet in the back. And these kinds of devotionals give you a reading for every day, and they're typically a page long, so they're very easy to read. The downside of these kinds of devotionals is that they will not take you very deeply into Scripture, only offering one or two verses per day. In some cases, what you read most is not Scripture, but in inspirational stories like you might find in Chicken Soup for the Soul that are intended to, um, to illustrate or to help you understand uh, the one or two selected verses. And while there's nothing wrong with this, and it's a great starting point, you don't want to stop here, right? 
If you started reading the Daily Bread when you were 22 years old and you're 76 years old and that's still only the only access to the Bible you're getting, then you're probably stunting your spiritual growth. Because if you want to mature in your faith, you're gonna need to read more of the Bible and go deeper. And this may lead you to devotionals that offer longer passages of scripture and provide more detailed commentary. So one of my favorites is called A Guide to Prayer for All Who Seek God. And and it gives you a daily reading schedule grouped into helpful themes. In addition to more significant passages in the Bible, it provides prayers and excerpts from various spiritual classics that reinforce the biblical theme. In addition to all of you folks that like technology, there are apps that you can download on your phone, tablet, or computer that will provide something similar. The two that I've used and find helpful are the app called Glorify, which if you're gonna get full access, there is a small charge, but I'm telling you it's worth it. And also an app developed by the Catholic Church called the Divine Office, which not only has scripture readings, but it has hymns and prayers and all kinds of, it's almost like a little worship service on your phone. If you want even more advanced options, there are several to choose from. First, you can find a good scholarly commentary that will walk you through a particular book of the Bible. Now again, not all commentaries are the same. There are good ones and there are bad ones, but a good commentary can help you deeply understand the Bible in its original context. And one of my favorites is up here on the screen, the New Interpreter's Bible Commentary. The second, uh, the second option is you can take an advanced class on the Bible either through your local church or through uh, your local college. Uh, For example, you can find a great course that came out of the United Methodist tradition. It's an advanced course called Disciple Bible Study. And this is a 34-week group study that really kind of hits at the college level in which you read most of the Bible and are introduced to the best of modern scholarship. Also, and this, this is one that I've used that is great, The company Wondrium, which was formerly called The Great Courses, offers college-level audio and video classes on the Bible, which you can purchase and then use at home. Again, not all of these devotional resources will be helpful or interesting to you, but the main idea is to select one that is appropriate for your level of commitment that will help you remove obstacles. Now, instead of a devotional, Some people prefer to learn a process for reading scripture or a method of reading scripture that can be applied to a schedule of reading, readings, or a particular book in the Bible. And there are two such methods that we teach here. One you're already intimately familiar with if you've been coming to this church longer than a couple of weeks, and that's Lexio Divina. Every week we provide a handout in your bulletin that takes you through the four-step process of this ancient practice of praying through the scriptures. And then on the back of that handout, there is a schedule of readings for every day of the week. And so this is a way, again, of praying through the scriptures to listen for God's still small voice. A modern take on this ancient practice is called the SOAP method. Has anybody heard of the SOAP method? Okay. 
After reading a passage of scripture, you begin by asking, what specific verse is jumping out at me? Then you ask what observations emerge as I ponder this verse in relation to my own life. And then finally you ask, how can I apply what I have learned in my daily routines? And then you conclude your time of scripture reading by writing your own short personal prayer. And this is captured in a journal that you can go back to months, weeks, months, or years later to see how God has spoken to you and moved in your life. Now, once you learn this kind of a process, then you can apply it to any schedule of readings, like a one-year Bible plan, a four-month walk through the New Testament, or the daily readings for the Revised Common Lectionary. If you don't know what that is, send me after service and I'll tell you. Again, this is just another way of intentionally approaching scripture so that you will know where to start, how to focus, and how to read in a way that allows you to connect with God and that will also connect with your own life. Now, at this point, I know that some of you are thinking, Mark, this is all great, but I don't like to read. (laughs) Well, there's this great thing, if you haven't heard of it, called Audible, right? And it allows you to download audio versions of just about any book you can imagine, including the Bible, that's right. And in addition to that, because that could be costly, I'm not sure how much it is on Audible, but some of the apps that we've already mentioned, like Glorify or the Bible app, Once you open, then you have the option of reading the passages, or guess what it will do? It will read it to you. (laughs) So in in addition to the scripture reading, it'll give you some commentary, and some even leads you through a guided prayer. So if you don't like to read, you can connect with the Bible, listen to the Bible on your phone as you walk the dog. You can listen in your car as you drive to work, or... You can listen on your tablet at home while you eat breakfast. And I want to say clearly, there is no shame in getting the Bible in this way. It wasn't until after 1454 when Gutenberg put his newly invented printing press to commercial use that people even had the option of owning a personal book. For thousands of years, The only access that Jews and Christians had to Scripture is when someone else read it to them. So while there is unique value in actually reading a Bible in print and taking notes and journaling, God can and does speak to us in powerful ways when we listen to someone else read it to us. So download an audio version of your favorite translation or download an app that will read scripture to you. Again, it's just a way of overcoming an obstacle. So now that I have shared several resources this morning, right, um, it's time to ask the question, could any of these help me? Now you might be thinking, man, that's a lot, Pastor Mark. There's no way I'm gonna remember all of that. Well, there's good news, okay? because I made a printed list of all of these resources that you can find on the resource cabinet next to the love seat in the narthex. 
And I also spent a significant amount of time yesterday building an entire web page on our church website with all of these resources. So you can go back and look at them later. But I don't want you to lose the main point. And so if you've gotten in the forest, right, or if you've gotten in the trees and you want to back up and see the forest, I just want to remind you of the main point. God invites us to spend time with him every day in the reading of Scripture. And while many of us have a desire to do this, we all at one time or another face various obstacles. And if you're sitting here this morning saying, well, that's not me, this is completely irrelevant, I would ask you to be careful to not fall into self-righteousness, pride, or even dishonesty. Because even your pastor, even Mother Teresa in her autobiographical writings talks about how it's difficult to commit to daily reading of the Bible over the long haul. And all of us have room to grow. So again, looking back at that list of obstacles, what is the most challenging one that you face today? And looking at all the available resources that we shared this morning, is there one tool, one resource that you can try that just may help you overcome that obstacle? And I want you to reflect on this question. And before you leave today, I want you to write down one thing that you're willing to try differently starting today that will help you be more consistent in reading the Bible. Then, when this service is over, I want to invite you to find someone that you don't know, invite them to have a cup of coffee in the back, and share what you've written down. Because we know that if you will share with another person what you have committed to doing, it makes it much more likely that you will actually do it. And that, my friends, is the good news of the gospel this morning.